Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from Alabama, we have Robert Phillips on the phone. Robert, thanks so much for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Thanks a lot, Jay. Good to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Robert, by the way, is a career law enforcement officer. Uh, He's retired from one career, doing another law enforcement career, which I don't know if he can talk about or not because there's all kinds of rules and regulations. And he's also an author. Where do you find all the time to do all this? Well, I um, worked a lot of part-time jobs uh, in my previous career uh, with the sheriff's office uh, in central Alabama. And uh, while I was sitting there on my part-time jobs, I would jot down little stories about calls I've been on and such like that. Okay, so that's where you got time to, to, to start the outline of your book. And, you know, I, I've always thought, and I know I'm not alone here, uh, just about every police I know thinks that we have the ability to be the next great American novelist. We can be the next Joseph Wambaugh. We can write stories that will enlighten the world to tell the truth about how things really are and do it in a funny way. But the truth is, most of us don't have the skill that is required to do that. And we'll talk about how you wrote the book a little bit later on. First, I'd like to give people uh, an idea where they can get your book, what it's called, and, and where they can purchase it. Well, the name of the book is Pigtails. It is uh, available right now only online, uh, iUniverse.com. iUniverse is the publisher. And then um, Booksamillion.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and uh, Amazon uh, Books. That's a lot of different places where you can get it. It's called Pigtails. By the way, I love the pun. And you know what we used to say when people called us pig, right? What it stood for? Pride, integrity, and gut. That's exactly right. And we usually had some sort of nasty comeback afterwards that I wouldn't repeat on the radio. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, a lot of people think that we get offended with the term pig. You know, a lot of us, myself included, we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I got pride. I got a lot of integrity and a darn sure got a lot of guts. So thanks so much for 
the book. I do want to get into some details about your law enforcement career uh, from start to finish. Give people a synopsis of what your career span, where you started, how long, what you did. Well, I worked for the uh, the sheriff's office for 30 years. We have a uh, 30-year retirement uh, at the place I worked. And uh, everyone starts in the jail. You work in the jail till the opening comes up on the road, so to speak. And then you become a, a road deputy if you if you want to. And, and that's the selection. You know, you can say, you know, yes, I do, or no, I don't. And I chose to uh, ride the roads and uh, become a, a patrol deputy. Uh, later on in my career, I was a uh, detective for several years. Then I was promoted to uh, sergeant, and I spent the rest of my career. Ended up, I was a, a patrol supervisor. And that's where all the magic is. Patrol supervisor is one of the best jobs I ever had, and also one of the most challenging and difficult. Yes. the um, My last assignment, uh, I thought I was being punished because my uh, lieutenant came to me and said, hey, uh, do you want to be the relief supervisor? And I thought, for instance, well, he's taking my shift away from me. And then I got to thinking, wait a minute, I'm going to have two days at this substation, two days at that substation. I don't have to do any scheduling. I don't have to do any reports. I show up and I mark the sheet. And then I say, guys, I'm here. If you need me, call me. You know, what more could you ask for? Yeah. And then you, you probably started with hallelujah. You found uh, heaven. Yes, exactly. I wish I could have done it, you know, 29 and a half years ago. <laughs> I hear you, man. It, uh, I love being a patrol sergeant. And uh, like I said, it. I've told other people, you know, you went to bat for your people as much as you could. You asked a lot from them and you did your best to uh, make sure they didn't get in trouble. Uh, I'm not talking about, you know, keep them out of illegal stuff. I'm talking about the, the normal scrapes, bumps and stuff that happen in law enforcement doing your job that is unavoidable. And uh, there's a shortage of supervisors that would actually go to bat for their people. So you and I both know how difficult that job is. Yes, that's true. Uh, I was a buffer from the higher-ups uh, against my deputies, and, and then uh, my deputies uh, looked after me uh, in the same way when they were talking to the public and stuff like that. Absolutely. And I'd always say, I'll take care of you, but man, if you mess me over, oh, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> you never want to mess yeah. over your patrol sergeant. They're the ones who, who ran the department without a doubt. Uh, you did 30 years and you brought up an interesting point that I've talked to a few guests on a show that have started, uh, for example, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. They all start in uh, the corrections and then work their way out of there if they so opt to do that. And one of the things that I hear routinely is that working in the jail as a corrections officer provides a really good foundation for being a patrol police officer. Do you find that to be the case? Yes. They put people in the jail, and, you know, you're dealing with the the inmates in the jail. It teaches you to, to deal with people, to talk to people. You learn to, I guess, decipher when somebody is telling you the truth or not, mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, because you hear all kinds of stories in the jail, uh, all kinds of stories in the jail. Why, why they shouldn't be there, you know, why X should be there instead of me, that kind of thing. Right. And they have all day long to, to plot and plan and try to manipulate. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I could ever do the job of a corrections officer. I don't think I have the right disposition and 
talent for that position. It's a really tough, tough job and very unappreciated in America. It is very unappreciated. And the thing about it is, in the state of Alabama, where I'm from, in the state constitution, the main two jobs for sheriffs are to maintain the jails and to maintain the courts, such as serving papers and warrants and stuff like that. And the patrol is basically just like a, I guess, a gravy uh, because, uh, you know, you have to have so many deputies because we have such a large, unincorporated area in the county I'm in. But like I say, the, the main jobs are the courts and the jails. And like you said, it is definitely unappreciated. It is. The corrections officer have a really, really tough job. Uh, you know, we know our police officers, our deputy sheriffs, our, our state troopers, they all have tough jobs. There's very difficult, very demanding, very stressful aspects to all the different jobs. And the threat of violence for all the above is unimaginable for most people who don't or have never done this line of work. Folks, you are listening to Law Enforcement Today show. We're talking with Robert Phillips. He's a career law enforcement officer, done more than 30 years on the job, and also an author. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. 
If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel steel quality all at a price you can afford so don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great 800-614-7180 that's 800-614-7180 i'm probably okay to have one more drink before i drive home I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866-334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Is your home as secure as it should be? If not, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. There's no price you can put on safety and peace of mind for you and your family. Protect your valuables, gain remote access to your home, reduce your homeowner's insurance, and deter criminals. High-tech security options for low cost. To get more information, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387, or visit them online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Call 866-334-6387. That's 866-334-6387. 866-334-6387. Online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Our guest, Robert Phillips, calling us from Alabama. And Robert uh, did 30 years in the Sheriff's Department. We're not going to say which one. And he's currently also a law enforcement officer now. And he's also the author of a book called Pig Tales. It's P-I-G, as in pride, integrity, and guts. Again, Robert, where can people get the book? It's uh, basically a group of uh, short stories about uh, calls and experiences that I had when I was on the, with the sheriff's office. Some of them are kind of funny. Some of them are not so funny. Just the things that uh, we deal with while we're out there, uh, inside and outside the, the jail, patrol, different divisions. And that's a good way of putting it. Uh, some of the stories are very, very funny. And those are the ones I try to remember the most. Uh, the good times with the people I worked with, there are a lot of side-splitting, very, very funny stories. And there's also, sad to say, a lot of heartbreaking, tragic stories that we witness 
happening to other people and oftentimes wind up happening to us as well. And uh, we'll delve into some of those in just a moment. Getting back to writing this book, most law enforcement people I know, you're not gonna get rich in this job, you're not gonna make a lot of money, and it oftentimes doesn't support a family. So we work extra jobs, secondary employment, either through the department, through the city, the county, whatever it might be. On those jobs, you said you started writing. Like sitting in a car, is that how you wrote most of your book or the outline for the book? Yes, I had my uh, clipboard propped up on my steering wheel, had me a uh, single subject uh, ring binder, and I just started jotting them down. And at the top, I would uh, just write, um, you know, just a little uh, caption of what it was about. But we think of people writing books. When you see the Hollywood versions of how people write books, it's always kind of very romanticized. Uh, you know, you've got your your coffee pot right there. You got the old old fashioned typewriter. You've got a couple reams of paper. You've got a great little office in your house overlooking a scenic view, and you're typing away. And it's just it's wonderful mastery. But you're doing it like sipping a cup of coffee out of a thermos on a clipboard in a in a patrol car that's correct uh, uh depending on what the weather was i did it in the rain uh the uh you know you know my office was my patrol unit yeah that's absolutely the best way of putting it uh, our our patrol cars were our offices let's go to some of the funny stories in this uh in this break come up with what would be one of the funniest stories that people, and we don't want to give away all the details. We want people to buy the book and read it. What would be one of the funniest things in that story, in the book, Pigtails, that most people would not believe? Oh, well, there's one story. Uh, one night, uh, my uh, buddy and I, we were working to join in beat, so that was your beat partner. We got a call uh, of a female walking down the middle of the road. She didn't belong in that neighborhood, is the best way to put it. She was several miles away from where she lived. Uh, let's see, what's the term they use now? I think she was a sex worker, I think. That's oh, the that's term the way they put it. Now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, I guess that's I, the nicest I thought, way, I nicest way I could put it. Yeah, I thought um, you were getting someone who was lost, you know. <laughs> yeah, she was She was lost, yeah, she was definitely lost. And someone had just left her, I guess uh, they couldn't come up with the, the right payment arrangement or whatever. But we get there, and not only is she lost, but she's also very intoxicated. Oh, yeah, that's and so a, we, we, we tried to help her out the best we could, uh, but she didn't, of course, she didn't have anybody that could come after her or anything like that. And so we ended up, we just had to take her to jail. Well, my buddy, he was going out of town. He says, he says uh, well, Rob, he says, I, I'm going out of town tomorrow. He says, I, I really don't have time to go to the magistrate. And I said, well, if you're a transporter, I said, I've got a call holding. If you transport her, I'll go get the warrant tomorrow. I said, it's no problem for me. And so he t- he transported her to the jail, and then I go into the call. And when we finish up, he finishes up at the jail, and I finish up on the call. We hollered each other, and uh, we meet for uh, for for dinner. And so he, he comes in there. I get there first, and I'm sitting there. And he comes in, and he says, hey. He says, why didn't you take that knife off of her that she had? And and I looked at him. I said, she didn't have a knife. And he says, yes, she did. And, Jay, you know as well as I do uh, from dealing with, uh, uh, there are some females that 
the clothing they wear, you can tell that they don't have any kind of weapon on them. Right. Well, this woman was definitely dressed like that. Yeah. You could tell she didn't have a weapon on her. And I said, well, she didn't have a knife when, when I was there. And he says, well, when I got her to the jail, she disclosed to the jail deputy she had a knife. So a couple of the female deputies took her around the corner to change her and put her in jail clothes, and she produced a knife. And she had a a kitchen serrated steak knife uh, tucked in a, a very private area. Uh-huh. And she uh, she squatted and produced that thing for the female deputies. And I told him, I said, if she would have tried to put that knife in the play on us, I think we could have took her out before she got it. <laughs> it's amazing so we, what people can hide and where they can hide it. Yes, it is. And the size of these objects they can hide never ceases to amaze me. You know, one of the funny things that happened over the years, I don't know, maybe it's from seeing all this stuff, but I developed a very bad gag reflex. My wife laughs hysterically. I was visioning where she extracted that knife from. I probably would have been close to, to gagging until my eyes were watering. Yes. Um, well, you know exactly what I'm talking about then. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that is, you know, it's such a commonplace occurrence. You know, that's something that's a common misconception a lot of people have. When we talk about people who, for lack of better words, prostitutes, people that work in that kind of industry uh quite often it's not like the hollywood version it's not glamorous it's not sexy most of them have horrendous horrible drug addiction problems uh horrible lifestyle problems uh they're in poor health but there's a misconception a lot of people have is that law enforcement officers and the people that work in that industry don't get along and at least where i was in baltimore it, it was a nuisance in a lot of ways, but we tried the best to try to take care of them. Like you just said, we wanted to get them off the street, get them some help, and we didn't really want to lock them up because that was kind of productive. Yes, and also, um, as far as information, you will get oh, yeah. uh, some really good information from them. Um, really, all you got to do is just uh, talk with them, and, and they'll tell you, you know, if they saw, you know, Johnny, you know, knock a window out of a building... Tuesday night, then you can bank that it was Johnny that knocked the window Absolutely. out Tuesday night. And also, a lot of them would be the first ones to come back you up if you were getting into a scrape uh, with an arrestee somewhere. Uh, they would come bail you out quite often. Yes. Yes, they would. They sure would. I uh, More than once, uh, I've been on a scene by myself, and the, um, the guy would go to try to break bad, and the next thing I know, there's some big tattooed, pierced monster of a person standing beside me saying, uh, you know, we got you back, man. And that's the way so it used I to be. I wouldn't worry. Yeah, it was the way it used to be, and uh, I, I guess that goes back to what they call nowadays community policing. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. Folks, we're talking with Robert Phillips, career law enforcement officer and also author of the book Pigtails. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today's show. We'll be right back. 
Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-614-7180-800-
I get there, I was uh, way ahead of my backup. Like you say, backup can be you know many minutes away. In an ideal situation, the the beat I worked was so secluded that even if they were already on the highway and rolling, it would be eight to twelve minutes before they got to me. And if they were on a side road, it was even longer. Yeah. So I got there long before uh, my backup got there, uh, several minutes, uh, which is a long time. And so I uh, I start toward the, the front door, which is standing open. All the lights are on at the trailer, and I hear a woman screaming. And so I entered the, uh, entered the trailer, and I didn't know what was going on. And I hear, uh, I hear a man screaming, a woman screaming. And I go and peek around the corner of, of that, going down the hall, and uh, I come to a bedroom. There's a uh, a guy there. He's um, he's got a stick. He's busted up a piece of furniture, and he's got a stick. It's about two and a half feet long, and it's probably about uh, two and a half inches uh, in diameter. And he is just wailing this little kid that looks like he's about seven or eight years old. It's in turned out he was just small for a size he was actually 12 or so and his mother is in the corner she's just cowering down because she's already been beat she's got a ping pong sized uh knot on her head that uh, i actually when i was interviewing her uh, i asked her was that something he did to you or was that a something you were born with and she said no that's where he hit me well he is wailing into this kid and uh, he rears back to hit him again, and I uh, took one step in the um, in the room, and I just bulldozed him off of the kid, uh, knocked him down, and uh, he turned around with the stick like he was going to, you know, hit whatever just hit him. And I I begged him. I said, "Come on!" I said, "Come on to me!" And so I got him off the kid. I got him handcuffed. Got him in the back of the car. Got him taken to jail. We put charges on him for child abuse, put assault on him, and the next morning before I got off work, uh, the, the child, the, the little boy was, was at the hospital. He was, you know, being checked out, and so I went by to check on him. And so I walked into the treatment room, and he's, he's laying there on the gurney. He's covered up, and I said, uh, you know, how you doing? And he says, I'm doing okay. And he's got bumps and bruises, nothing serious. And uh, he says, um, you're the one that came in and got my dad, aren't you? And I thought to myself, oh, no, he's going to, you know, he's going to call me every name in the book for taking his dad away. And I said, well, well, yes, I am. And he looks at me, and he brings his hand out from under the uh, sheet and sticks it out to me. And he says, I just want to say thanks. And I told my wife when I got home that story, and I told her the governor could call me down and give me an award that day, and it wouldn't mean as much as that thanks from that young man. I bet. And uh, those those are always the the incidents that still bother me when people. And I've never understood this. And I remember being a young young officer, and uh, people, uh, the experienced officers, tell me you're going to drive yourself insane trying to make sense out of stuff that does not make sense at all, and it's totally illogical. Yeah, especially when you have parents uh, brutalizing uh, little children. I've, and I've never understood it. I've never understood uh, the, the level of domestic violence that happens. I do understand the threat level when you said, you don't know which way that kid was going to talk to you. you. When you go in these domestic calls, you don't know who's going to be attacking you. 
That's true. That's true. You go there, and you know, Daddy is beat up on Mama, or Mama's beat up on Daddy. We've taken taken both. We took uh, one woman to jail because she had, you know, had beat her husband with a, a phone, and not you know most. I was just going to say was. the phone receiver. What a weapon that exactly. was! Exactly. It was it was the the receiver. It was an actual telephone, like I guess in the old days. Uh, but she had beat him with that uh, telephone, and he had whips on his uh, back. Uh, he looked like he'd been hit with a stick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, and not to get into great detail, I remember uh, a man getting hit on the crown of his head by uh, the missus, and she'd taken the, the, the hand unit of the old phone, you know, with the big cord, and cracked him several times right in the skull. And he was, he, he was spurting. Uh, the amount of fluid coming out of him was unbelievable. It's like, dude, you better sit down. You're going to fall down. Yeah. Anything in the house can be a weapon. And that's uh, part of the reason why people often say, especially nowadays, that the advent of video all the time. Someone's videoing, and they're like, why is this officer so standoffish? Why is he being so mean? Or as they'll say, rude. Because when you go into a household, especially for domestic call, you have no idea, literally, who's going to be the assailant. Even when you have an idea who the assailant is, the victim oftentimes will turn on you, and uh, you never quite understand or can comprehend the amount of weapons and possible weapons that can be used against you in that household. What are some of the common ones that you guys ran into besides guns and knives in Alabama? Uh, Let's see. There was a fellow one time that had a a sword that um, came after one of the deputies, and they... um, of course, the deputy, you know, had to, uh, he ended up tasing him to get him to, to put it down. And, but mostly knives, mostly guns, uh, sticks, just, uh, like you said, anything, uh, people can use. Uh, we had a Coke bottle thrown at us one night. The old glass uh, ones? The old, uh, regular Coca Cola bottles. Yeah, yeah. Those things would hurt you bad. Yes, it would. They were a thick glass. Yes, they they would take they could take you out. That uh, one of the common things we'd had in Baltimore was uh, a lot of the people would have a pan uh, or a pot of lye, uh, liquid lye solution uh, there on the mantle and throw at each other. And the amount of burns you would get, the chemical burns that people had, was just horrific. So that was a common instrument. And of course, people used everything you can imagine. We'll be talking about a little bit more of that in just a few moments. We're talking with Robert Phillips, career law enforcement officer, retired from one agency, now working another one, and also author of the book, Pig Tales. Again, where can people get your book? Uh, they can get it at iUniverse.com. Uh, they can get it at Amazon Books, BooksAmillion.com, and BarnesAndNoble.com. Folks, listen to Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800 956 0677. Get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. 
You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866-334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Is your home as secure as it should be? If not, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. There's no price you can put on safety and peace of mind for you and your family. Protect your valuables, gain remote access to your home, reduce your homeowner's insurance, and deter criminals. High-tech security options for low cost. To get more information, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387, or visit them online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Call 866-334-6387. That's 866-334-6387. 866-334-6387. Online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. And we are wrapping up our conversation with Robert Phillips. Robert is a career law enforcement officer. 30 years at one agency, Sheriff's Department in Alabama, working at another agency right now. We can't tell you which one, which is not uncommon for law enforcement officers. They can't talk about it, where they work, and that's just accepted. People seem to think that, thanks to the NFL, that you have the right to free speech no matter where you are, even at work. And that's not the case for our first responders. They are not allowed to talk about certain things. And of course, Robert is an author. He wrote the book Pigtails. Again, where can people get your book? They can get the book online at iUniverse.com, Amazon Books, BarnesandNoble.com, and BooksAmillion.com. In your 30-year career, things have certainly changed quite a bit with law enforcement. I was talking with a a deputy sheriff just the other day. The technology, the tools, uh, tasers, all these things, we didn't have when I started. But the elements and the basics of policing really hasn't changed. It's just the technology. So over your 30-plus year career, you've probably seen a huge advent of change. What was it like when you first started? What was the equipment you were given? Uh, the equipment that I was given when I was started, I was given a gun belt, a holster. I was given a handcuff case and a pair of handcuffs. I was given a wooden stick and a holder to hold it in. Uh, we had to provide our own weapon. We had to provide our, our own boots. The, uh, they provided the uniform. And then uh, we weren't uh, given walkie-talkies uh, until about the, I want to say the, the mid-90s when we had the take-home walkie-talkies. 
But when you were out on the road, did you have uh, obviously a radio in a car? Yes, they had um, they had the, what they call the beat cars. There'd be like seven cars there at the substation if there were seven beats or or ten, just depending on how many beats there was. And uh, you were assigned a beat, you would get that car. We uh, we got take home cars in I want to say roughly ninety seven. When we first started, I was given you know our equipment was uh, thirty eight revolver. We were given uniforms thirty eight revolver. A, a, like a, we call it a balsa wood, like uh, we make metal airplanes out of nightstick. We all bought real ones after we graduated from the academy. Uh, handcuffs, and we were given mace, and the mace only worked on innocent bystanders and police. It never worked on anybody else. It certainly didn't work on anybody that was fighting you. Uh, so now this concept of having tasers and uh, pepper spray and all these other tools which were really they weren't even dreamed of back then i remember the first advent of the uh stun guns you know we weren't allowed to carry them yes i remember the first tasers uh that we got looked like um auto timing lights Uh they're big and boxy and uh, they just but same concept as today just more streamlined and nowadays you guys are, are wearing body cameras too right Yes, they're uh, in the process. Uh, just uh, this month, the sheriff has uh, done a test trial on the uh, on body cameras, and they're fixing to start issuing them to uh, all deputies in the agency that I was. Other agencies um, have them already, and uh, they experimented with uh, uh, cameras a few years ago, and they they didn't like the the quality of it. But uh, the last couple of years, they've improved so much that they're uh, they're going to them. At first, if I had to do policing again, I wouldn't want to do it with a body camera. And the truth is, after watching, and there's pros and cons to it, but after watching how these body cameras have saved the careers of so many officers from unfounded complaints, you know, I could have really benefited from those back in the day. Uh, Have you found that to be the case in your experience? It's, It's more of a benefit than a handicap? Oh, yes. There was an incident that um, I was uh, arresting a female, and uh, she went to court. She pled guilty to her charges, and then she made a complaint that I had touched her inappropriately. Well, again, you know, you can tell some females the way they dress, whether they have a weapon or anything on them. This woman... Her clothes were such that I could tell she didn't have anything on her. I handcuffed her. I put her in the back of the car. She went to jail. If I'd have had a body camera, it would have showed that. But I didn't. So basically, it was my word against hers. She makes a complaint, and I have to follow this complaint for about two and a half, going on three years, wow. before it's finally uh, resolved, and, I'm, and uh, it's unfounded against me. And that was the way it was for us back in the day with uh, internal affairs complaints. Because the standard procedure with most defense attorneys is when you got arrested for guns or drugs or something like that in Baltimore, they'd say, make a complaint against the officer for discourtesy and excessive force. And nothing ever happened to them when they found out they were lying or if it was unfounded, nothing ever happened to them. Uh, And to this day, even with the body cameras, when it's proven that they're lying against the officer, nothing happens to them. And that's for political reasons. One of the drawbacks of having the body camera, from what I'm told, is that officers now 
are not able to use as much discretion, like on car stops, where they stop someone that has a, a minor amount of drugs or something, a little bit of alcohol, they can't use the same amount of discretion that you and I had the flexibility to use back in the day and give them a break. That's true. You give someone a break on, a, uh, like you said, a minor drug charge, you know, a, a half a half a joint or something like that, and there's entirely way too much paperwork involved to take someone to jail for that. So you might grind it into the into the ground with your boot. Well, that person says, hey, he done me a, a big solid. I'm going to return the favor. And he calls you, or the next time he sees you, he says, well, you know, John is, he's doing wrong over here. He's, you know, he's pushing, pushing crack. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you check into it and you make a nice case on John. And it was from the word of the person that you done a solid for. Right. Yeah, and that was commonplace, it, and it wasn't always because it was uh, we didn't want to do our job. It was because you're trying to develop informants, sources of information on the street, uh, or you know you didn't want to arrest a guy who's never been arrested before. He's just a hardworking guy, man or woman, and maybe had a little bit too much to drink on a Friday night, and is and is shown his rear end, and you didn't want to haul him in because we really didn't want to go about messing up people's lives. But now these body cameras, when you do, if you do that. That officer is showing on video that he's destroying evidence, and it leaves him open for all kinds of charges internally, through the state's attorney's office, or whatnot. Yes, that's true. They uh, it just erases every bit of discretion you have, and it's a shame. So it's a, a lot of good that comes from these, a lot of transparency. But then again, people complain, "Hey, these officers just want to ruin your lives," and unfortunately with the advent of all this video they're not able to uh use discretion which is a valuable tool in law enforcement we're gonna wrap up our conversation we're talking with robert phillips career law enforcement officer 30 plus years on the job and you also are an author of the book called pig tales it's p-i-g tales tell us where people can get the book one more time people can get this book at iuniverse.com booksamillion.com Amazon Books, and BarnesandNoble.com. And what prompted you to call it Pigtails? Well, the reason I call it Pigtails is most people, they call us pigs uh, as a nickname, oinkers, bacon. And so I just figured I'd just use a play on words. I love the tongue-in-cheek aspect of it. Robert Phillips, thanks so much for being a guest on the show, and thanks for your service. All much appreciated. Thanks, Jay. Glad to be here. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.